in terms of kind of rules and stuff for the show, there aren't really any. Don't slander people. That'd be nice, you know. Oh man. <laughs> Have a drink, we'll chat for about an hour. case welcome to the podcast bit thanks for having me that's all, that's all good um, as is tradition on the show i'm terrible at introducing people so if you would introduce yourself who you are what you do uh i'm bengal i am a artist based in brighton at the moment uh i make a variety of things from handmade action figures to books and i run a small arts publisher called Blue Monday Press. Yes. You say currently in Brighton, are you ori- not originally from Brighton? Or are you- uh, I might be moving soon. Oh. So. I know those feelings. Were you, were you, <laughs> were you like born Brighton? Or are you? Uh, I born, I'm born like a town over from Joan Luton. Everyone knows it for the airport. It's like just north of London. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yep, I do know that. Yep. Yes, I'm around there. Like, yeah. Uh, commuter belt of London, basically. So, like, down south all most of your yeah. life, then? Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, so I found you, obviously, uh, through your bootleg Bible, which is oh, nice. your book. I, I, I feel like I bought it from Reddit. Like, I don't know if you use Reddit. I, yeah, I post a lot of stuff on Reddit. Yeah, so I, I bought your, your book, your, your bootleg Bible. Can you tell us a little bit what your, your book's about? Uh, so the bootleg Bible is... Basically, a collection of some of my favorite like bootleg toy makers from around the world. Uh, so, bootleg toy makers, you cobble together handmade action figures, either one offs or in a series. Uh, just something you think deserves an action figure. It could be like as a joke or it could be like a homage to your favorite film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I wanted to collect all those in one, one place, basically. And tell people how they can do it. So. Yeah, there's yeah, there's a little how-to guide in there as well, which is quite fun to put together. I mean, we'll, we'll come back to that. I did notice that you you were a photographer as well at one point. Yeah, I did photography at uni, and then right, I've kind of dipped my toes in a lot of different arts, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got your, your hands in many many bags, I guess. Yeah, in many pies, <laughs> as many pies as I can. I mean, is that a habit for you? Have you always done that? Or is that just something you did since uni? Just like Yeah, I mean, I like, for, with art and making stuff, I think for me it is, there is a lot of play in it. Like, mm. I want to have fun making it. And, like, making stuff in a new material, that novelty makes it, like, more fun. Cause you, and it's also fun to see kind of how you do it badly. Like, if you make a sculpture, you don't really know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And it comes out like a lumpy mess, but sometimes it's quite fun like seeing it that way so you've uh, never yeah. done never done sculpture before getting into doing bootlegs or uh i did a bit of clay okay but kind of at the same the same time i came across bootleg toys for the first time i kind of well i can actually show you what i made that'd be cool <clears throat> this is my first ever sculpture so basically mf doom released uh like an ep i think it was mm-hmm. like 100 pounds it came with like an action figure bus kind of thing so i couldn't afford it so i made my own like my own yeah. version yeah uh and yeah with our stuff it's a lot of it is kind of just making weird stuff that 
I would like, and then hoping someone also likes that and wants it. I think I don't think that's a bad way to approach it. Yeah. I think I think that's how I approach my illustration stuff. I just I draw something which I think, yeah, I like the look of this. Don't really care if anybody else likes it. Just push it out what, into the world. What kind of <laughs> illustration stuff do you do? Uh, so I kind of do all sorts. Um, so uh, I do like general traditional illustration as well, digital stuff. But I also do fine art, like painting and sculpture. And then I, like, I found you through uh, zines and various publications through that. Oh, nice. But because I had an interest in, essentially, I've, I mean, you might be able to see the poster behind me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a, a recreation of a poster from Home Movies, which is an adult swim Oh, yeah. at yeah. one point yeah and i started doing that of just like remaking posters and making posters for films which didn't exist and that was kind of a, a little in in which i went so when i found saw your book i was like hmm bootleg bootleg miniatures yeah <laughs> it's the same logic pretty much <laughs> just diving deeply into it <laughs> i mean is, was your photography work kind of heavily pop culture based then or is it more uh, no the my photography was I mean, you could maybe say I'm quite into like sci-fi. Mm-hmm. So I'd say my photography was a bit like, <laughs> it was a bit angsty, dystopiary, gray, industrial. Like I did a lot of photos when I was at uni when the student protests were going on. So I went to a lot of those. Obviously right. as a kind of participant, but as also as like a documentarian, I guess. Um, and yeah, I enjoyed capturing stuff like that, but to be like a, I do enjoy photography, mm-hmm. kind of be a working photographer. There's a lot of like, you're almost like a director more. It's like getting a person in one place, getting the lighting right. Yeah. Whereas I quite like the go for a walk and see what you find, but there's not really any money in that. No. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> I, I mean, I, yeah, I studied photography and film at uni and I, I think much like you, I got to the end of my course and was just like, yeah, to be a photographer, it's, it's, it's a different world to just taking the photographs I want to take. Like, and I know a lot of people who became like fashion photographers or wedding photographers following. Yeah. You know, so that's just not for me. I did some assisting with like a furniture photographer, sort of just literally just moving furniture around a room and then standing to the side for half an hour while they take photos and then you move the furniture again. And it was stuff like you, what they would do is they'd rent like a, empty flat and then you as the assistant you move all the furniture in take all those and everyone moves all the furniture out uh yeah, it just wasn't that fun really you get, you get paid less than a removal company yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> i remember vividly we, we had a lecture on i think it was like food photography at one point and it was like yeah if you're assistant on food photography you're basically just like misting and like oh, yeah. foods with different oils and and what it's like yeah this is your life now I'm like, oh, great <laughs> I'd rather just go out and photograph whatever I see around me. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, so yeah, I mean, that's, so it sounds like you're very tactile with the stuff you do when you create. If you, you want to just kind of make the things which make you happy. Yeah, I'm quite like, yeah, it's, it is quite a lot on like feelings. Like I, mm. even if I'm stuck, well, what I like to do is I make quite a few things in one go with the toys, especially I'll make like, I'll start making maybe 15. Right. Okay. And then the way I do my toys is that I sand stuff down, then I sculpt on top, then I paint, then I package. But at any step of that process, if something isn't kind of going quite right, I might drop it out, maybe come back to that another time. Mm-hmm. So by the end, I've got a few that I really like. Um, 
But yeah, I feel like that is the best. You have to have like an emotional reaction a little bit. I mean, it sounds a bit stupid for me, like. But one of the most recent figures I made was like literally photo of someone shitting in the woods and it's just like a little person squatting and a poop coming out. But yeah. <laughs> that made me laugh. So yeah. it got I mean, finished. I mean, that's important. I th- I've heard that before uh, speaking recently to someone who does um, retro illustrations, like uh, like uses a very kind of retro golden age of comic style. And they were saying that they hate doing commissions because they don't feel anything about them. Yeah. But when they when they do their work, it's like, yeah, you've got that. Even if it's like you say, just a small little, this is going to be fun. You know? I don't know if other people do it, but if I, I mean, it depends on the commission. If I like the person and the idea is good, mm. I'll do it for cheaper than if I don't have that initial feeling kind of thing. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And also there's stuff like if you do a commission and then you'll be proud to put it in your portfolio is obviously different to money. I guess I'm curious then how do you pick your subjects because you've got quite a range of various toys. Uh, I mean I just make a I make a lot of lists. I watch a lot of movies. Uh, Yeah I I feel like I do absorb a lot of pop culture and then Mm. yeah I just sometimes it's just smushing to sometimes it's literally like I'll cut a bunch of heads off toys and I'll see what body looks funny kind of thing. or otherwise, it's yeah, films I really like. I just made a toy about the French Dispatch, like the artist character in that. Or mm-hmm. yeah, it's either like a joke or like something in pop culture I enjoy, whether it be like a film or a TV show. Or yeah, uh, yeah. And I basically have I have long, long lists on my phone on notebooks and stuff. And then I go, th- I basically pour out all. I've got loads of old figures I just get off eBay in job yeah. lots, kind of thing pour them out on the floor and then kind of see what matches together or like maybe there's a figure I didn't know it could be something else uh yeah and then each step again I like writing all the ideas down seeing what works starting sanding and then yeah stuff drops out each it gets like filtered out each process okay that's a lot more what's the word um kind of organic than I guess I expect the process to be because when you see like resin things online or you see like art sculptures it it seems like what always put me off was kind of like how homogenized it becomes like you do your original sketch and then you make your figure and then from that point on it just seems very industrial like you know i'm just reproducing what i've made and what i've made and what i've made yeah well, mine, that, most of most of mine are one of one so yeah yeah I, that keeps the novelty in i do i have done a few uh like copies hmm. um but that's quite hit or miss because sometimes you'll spend because like making a mold's kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah. And then yeah, pouring the resin, making sure you haven't got air bubbles. And then maybe you make like 20 of a figure and then three people buy it. And you spend like a few weeks on it. Yeah. Um yeah. And also repainting stuff is really boring. I don't like it at all. <laughs> Did you, like, I mean... Three times is okay, but once it gets to like 12, 10 times, yeah. Like it's not fun. I'm curious now if you ever did like miniatures as a kid, you know, like Warhammer or really you know. badly. I actually spoke some about <laughs> the other day. Like I remember getting Warhammer and trying to paint it, and then it just went brown because I was too impatient. Like, as a kid, I I I liked making things, but yeah, I was terrible at it. <laughs> I I like watching my like, Art Attack, but I would yeah. never. It would never correlate to actually finishing it. But, I, I feel like Art Attack has a lot to answer for within the UK for like. DIY artists, yeah, just pick up things and like, yeah, I'm just going to make this. It's like, why? Because you know Neil Buchanan told me I could do it. So 
Yeah. I'm going to go off and do this. Do you ever have trouble like selling stuff then? Like getting rid of something because you put time and effort into it and you're making one of one. Do you ever have have kind of like an emotional struggle selling something if you're making one of one every single time? Not really. Because for me, like the joy is in the making. Right. And kind of like once I've finished it, there are a couple of things. If it didn't sell, I'd be happy to keep it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still, I'm still proud of all the stuff I finished, but kind of once it's done for me, I've like achieved making it, if that makes right. sense. Yeah. And then I make a lot of things. So <laughs> I kind of want it made. I'm happy with it. And then it immediately goes to like someone's house and then they enjoy it kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, like I'd rather sell all my stuff for a certain amount of money and have all of it gone than like sell one piece for that same amount of money and then have all the other bits, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like, yeah, I enjoy the process of making it, but once I've done it, I like it also like existing outside of me. Yeah. I like that. Um, and also my house has already got like too much out around maybe. We can't see it in frame, but I'm just imagining just a wall of like, Random toys, just I mean, it's like just just over here, and then there's like a bookshelf here as well. I mean, I, I just kind of had a quick scan around, and I was like, "Well, I've noticed you've got like a poster for Lahane in the corner, and like, yeah, I'm just assuming the rest of your house is just memorabilia." <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, kind of. Well, <laughs> okay, that kind of brings us on to like an awkward question, uh, which I got thinking about kind of pre pre this because I was thinking about the whole um, like bootleg culture, and like when I think bootleg, I think copies of vinyls and tapes is oh, what yeah. instantly comes to mind to me there and then it kind of brings us on to uh, what's what's the legality of doing this so <laughs> i mean it's very much a gray area uh with so the best way to describe what i'd say is like when you're doing one of one mm-hmm. that's fine because the issue is like reproducing something so if you produce one you're not reproducing you're just producing right okay so if i make one mickey mouse figure kind of thing in my own style so it's not it's clear it's not an official disney i'm trying to like uh pretend to be disney yeah that's fine if i start making copies and someone could confuse it for like an official disney product that's where you have like an issue um but it tends to be if you smush two things together you're making a new thing so you can make as many as you want but if you try and make something that looks too official that could confuse someone uh that can kind of be an issue but i've only actually had one email about it which was uh so i made a thundercat figure right um and like tagged him and his label in it, and his label messaged me like this is nice but don't make more <laughs> <laughs> i mean at least they complimented you a little bit <laughs> yeah um just throw the lawyer at you it's just like yeah. <laughs> I always think it's it's one of those things like I I there's very little stuff which I do with pop culture, <clears throat> mainly just because of concerns of kind of copyright and whatnot. Like I'll do the home movie stuff, but you know it's no longer on the air and you can't really even buy the DVDs anymore. So I feel like I'm kind of okay in there. Um, but I've seen at least two other eyes that think I had uh, Emily Engel on the show and she does uh, Muppet repl- replicas. But she doesn't. Oh. She doesn't make puppets. She just makes like small toys, and she's had a hell of a time with kind of Etsy, just like striking every down, everything down. And then there was a guy I follow on Instagram who takes Warhammer figures and 
repurposes them so makes them into kind of like dystopian armies and stuff like that and basically got a cease and desist from games workshop about oh interesting not doing any of that yeah and i i think it's one of those kind of like lines which you have to be more aware of if you're doing the kind of work which you're doing so yeah kind of yeah i yeah the key for me in my head the key is like you have to make it clear that Mm -hmm. like a person made this that is distinct from whatever you're copying i think yeah i feel like a lot of my stuff you wouldn't think oh that came from a factory (laughs) you would think someone has made that with their weird little hands in the in the best way, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I like that like aesthetic kind of thing. Um, yeah. yeah, none of my stuff kind of pretends to be in that sphere, and then I feel like enough is being done to it. Like with the Games Workshop thing, I guess it's he's directly using their figures, whereas the figures I'm using are from like 1980s. Actually, one of my favorite figures is from I think it's called Space Precinct, right? Fixed to you, which is like a 1990s like cop drama set in space okay. uh, i kind of want to see this now <laughs> it's all right i watched a couple episodes just out of curiosity um but yeah for some reason there's loads of those action figures for cheap on ebay okay. and they're like the perfect size and they're quite easy to use let's write that down so, space yeah. precinct <laughs> yeah yeah that's interesting no yeah i, I, I mean but then your, your graphic design work on you your figures is what well, i'd say is fairly sophisticated like it looks legit yeah, uh, yeah. You put, does that, that take you longer than the figure? Like, uh, no, not really. The no. figures. Well, I basically do the figures. Each step of the process takes a while. Like when I'm sculpting, I sculpt for a bit and then I got to let it dry and sit to the side. And then uh, even with the sanding and stuff, I like to sand with like a hand sander and then put it aside and then mm. think about how I could shape it up a bit more and then come back to it. The packaging is like, I kind of have the templates now. So I know roughly where everything should go. Okay. So it's more of a case of like finding the right picture, editing it, finding some good fonts. Yeah. And then I kind of know where everything should be roughly. Um, yeah. So if I'm doing like a piece on like a, a like a piece of art, like a painting, mm-hmm. I've already got like a template, which is basically just like bang the painting in the middle the artist name and title of the piece and the date at the top and then mm-hmm. blue monday press and the edition number at the bottom and then it's good to go basically yeah um but yeah it's fairly streamlined i like it yeah I like it. are you one of these people who gets lost in their hobbies then did this start as a hobby and you just kind of yeah i yeah. yeah i go down the rabbit hole a lot um <laughs> and if i'm interested in something i'm like very interested in that kind of thing yeah uh yeah. So I've gone down a lot of rabbit holes. I mean, be honest, Ben, how many hobbies have you got on the go right now? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's kind of, what have I got? Only a couple at the moment, really. Okay, that's not too bad. Uh, yeah, I got, for some reason, this this season, after the years, I got super interested in football. Okay. Which I hadn't been following in 15 years, maybe. Right. Um, and I've also been playing like seven side. So that's been, and that's been, yeah, going on for like maybe almost a year. Yeah. That's something where like, I literally hadn't kicked a ball in, yeah, yes. like two decades and then started getting into it and then, yeah, joined like a seven aside thing. And I mean, you really yeah. dove in then. <laughs> yeah. I kind of go ahead. Once I know I want to do something, I, yeah, I go straight in. 
It's got a vision of like a cupboard filled with skis and various other things where you don't well, go I... into something for like a year and a half and then just went, yeah. No. <laughs> so I did have a magic stage, which as an oh. adult, <laughs> okay, um, which some of my friends still kind of tease me about, but they also, it means I also have like three magic kits in my cupboard because a few people got it as me as a joke, like right. Secret Santa or Birthday. So I have two, I've got two magician's capes somewhere in my house. <laughs> I mean, I guess if one, you know, gets wet, oh, like whatever. Boy, before yeah, yeah. You got you'd have a backup just in case. A like day the, cape and a night cape. It's like, you're like a Swiss army knife with various, like, little bits you can just do. Like, you know. Yeah, kind of. I have a lot of weird skills. Like, I'd learn to DJ as well. Uh, I can skateboard. Uh, roller skate. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, I've had, like, lots of three, well, skateboarding I've done, like, most of my life. But right. I've had a lot of, like, three-month intense hobbies kind of thing uh i also did uh do you know like white collar boxing like the yeah. charity fighting so i did the mma version of that a couple of years ago as well you really do just dive into anything yeah <laughs> i got i like that i like that that's just yeah just i mean do, do you find like everything you do you just kind of pick up a skill to use further on down the line or is this just something where you do it and then you I mean, abandon it? The fighting cans are going handy, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> On occasion. Kind of. I, yeah, I just, I like, I would say I'm quite a slow learner for the okay. first, like, chunk of learning a skill. But if I get over that hurdle, then I pick stuff up quite quickly. Like, right. it's, it, if most people go like this, I would go like that, and then it kind of shoots up. Mm-hmm. So once I kind of see myself shooting up, I forget. Yeah, once I start getting excited, I can see I'm learning it basically. Uh, yeah, then I just then I keep doing it until I kind of get bored of it. Basically, that's interesting. I think that's where that's where most people I find kind of abandon things is where they they get into it and it does take them longer to kind of pick it up than maybe they expected, or you know you you know you start like I mean I've been learning a language and learning it is the most awful thing I've ever done. <laughs> and I'm like, I feel like a lot of people that, you know, you, you spend like a couple of weeks trying to do something. If it doesn't work out perfectly, they'll just go out. Ah, I'm, I'm done with that. How do you get through that? Like that initial learning stage? Uh, that's a good question. I wish I kind of knew because I can't control it as much as I think I can. Okay. Sometimes I try and push myself into something, but it has to almost be organic. Like, hmm. uh, Yeah, I don't know. It's like if, you, if you're like a market and you smell like a nice smell and you follow the smell, mm-hmm. even if something else looks good, like you want to follow the smell, like that's the thing that's really enticing you. Um, yeah. So even with the football, like I still enjoy, I've been enjoying following it yeah. and also playing it. But the following it is, it's so big compared to other, like skateboarding is kind of big. MMA is kind of big, but not the same scale as like, football where there's like international there's like loads of different leagues loads of different players yeah uh so it's kind of overwhelming when i try and throw myself head first into that i have to like pull myself back because it's too big to kind right. of end so you don't get overwhelmed by the yeah kind of because once i go down the rabbit hole i have to like yeah you have to come up for air you know what i mean <laughs> after the three months bender yeah. like... <laughs> so, all i've thought about is it's football so, yeah. <laughs> and scars and things like that. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it is one of those things that like, I, I, I'm very much like you. I like to explore different things, you know, even just like a month or so. And then I try to apply those different bits to everything else I'm doing. 
as I go along. But yeah, I, I do think a lot of people kind of always fall at that first hurdle. Just, yeah. And like you say, it's hard to explain. Like, so, so I think someone literally asked me on the podcast, like, how do you stay productive? And I was just like, I, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just do things. <laughs> yeah. And, and they keep going. <laughs> so I noticed a theme in, in your work. And I'm, I'm kind of curious. A lot of, lot of hip-hop in your work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Why? Uh, I'm big hip-hop head. Yeah? When I said I was a DJ, I was also a hip-hop DJ. Okay. Um, uh, which I still dip my toes in if there's an opportunity. But, um, yeah, I feel like that was... I, mean, I don't know if this applies to everyone, but for me, that was like... When you kind of turn into a teenager, I feel like there's you kind of stick to one genre. Mm. But there's like the rock kids, there's like the hip hop kids, there's like the pop kids. Yeah. I was like one of the hip hop kids. Um, speaking of bootlegs, actually, I used to sell bootleg CDs to people in my school of like compilations of like all the best Biggie songs or all the best Tupac or. Yeah. That so, like, I mean, that's, that's, I feel, I feel like that's quite rare. Like, so, like you say, you, you kind of get heavy into things. I mean, you mentioned MF Doob and, and Biggie. And I don't know from looking at your site, you've got quite like wide classes, like, hardcore hip-hop yeah not just like surface level oh i listen to eminem and jay-z yeah yeah that kind of thing you really like were invested in that presumably have been since then (laughs) uh yeah pretty much although i feel like my my, maybe it's kind of happens when you hit your 30s my knowledge is kind of stalling a bit okay Uh, i feel like i'm slower to listen to the new album yeah i'm not following it as much i kind of have like that bass there's a big bass level uh yeah i love hip-hop like it's just that music that the sounds of it I really enjoy. And, mm. Yeah. Is it? I mean, I'm, I always say that I'm a sucker for a, a good drum beat. Yeah, like, I think I said, and bass as well. Like I love yeah. the bass line. Uh, and then I'll see. Yeah, I just love people rapping as well. Yeah, I think there's a bit special about about rap and hip hop. I've had a few a few rappers on the show. Um, like a couple of them from the nerdcore genre, a couple um, from kind of more like grime and American gangster rap um we, we go on about how grime's like this quintessentially english thing and like i'm i'm very much of the opinion because i listen to a lot of indie rap of like i don't know how to take grime because okay. it's so in your face compared to like yeah. the indie rap, rap stuff that when i listen to it, i'm just like this is a lot <laughs> i can't just sit and vibe to this thing i, can, I mean i love grime as well but i Decent vibe to grime. It is. I mean, I grime to vibe, vibe to grime, though. I'm just, I'm just it's like, this, but like, I feel like I'm being yelled at. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is kind of like if you have to kind of think of it like grime is where it comes from, like sound system culture, like Jamaican yeah. culture, where someone would spin a record and then you spit your bars, similar to how old MCing was when it started, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you think grime is a lot of like catchphrases, yeah. Um, so every rapper has their own like ad lib, which is like their signature. Like how I mean, some rappers will say like, "Oh, it's me, such and such," but grime. There's every rapper has like a few catchphrases, um, and I feel like grime is more can often be more like funny than a lot of other rap. It doesn't take itself, yeah. and it is kind of nerdy as well. Like, I don't know if you know JME, but he did like yeah. a video not long longer where he like sampled the pokemon theme tune and it's called like the very best it's all about him like being the very best uh 
But yeah, I yeah, I like Graham a lot. Yeah, I feel I, I think that's I don't I don't know if you you kind of get that feeling of when it comes to like English art and music and whatever. There's always like an edge of comedy to everything. Yeah, there's a so there's a UK I think it's called uh, I think it was Youngen who said this, but I used to follow like UK hip hop a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a, a bar in one of his songs that was like, if I blow up, I might buy a dishwasher. Like if I if I get famous, I'm gonna get a dishwasher. Like that's the like the ceiling. Yeah. Um obviously grime is much higher than that now, but I feel like there is that kind of like self-deprecating uh yeah. I feel like I'm there's with Americans sometimes I feel like they have a lot of like uh like there's the American dream. There's not really like the English dream. It's not there's not really an yeah. equivalent. Um, no, I feel like the English dream would be very understated. Yeah. Like, I just want a cup of tea and like yeah. sitting down. Like, <laughs> Hopefully the weather's nice. That's pretty much it. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's kind of how I see it, I guess. It's, it's it's one of those things when I think about it, like, like you say, like American creations of any sort, there is like a level of ego where they won't damage their own ego. Like, you know, yeah, kind of. You're not going to see someone come on and like just take the piss out of themselves for an hour because they're, they're going to amp themselves up. Um, whereas in the UK, it's kind of like deteriorates, and we're just like, no, you know, I'll, I'll say I'm amazing, but also here's what I'm shit at. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I find it interesting when like people like myself and you find hip hop, and we're just like, oh, yeah, these guys talk about themselves like they're like gods and kings and yeah. well, sometimes, like I think it's the kind of sometimes you do like you get amped up from that they've been like I'm the best kind of thing like yeah, yeah I'm the best yeah um yeah which just doesn't leak into our actual work <laughs> somehow well yeah <laughs> I mean hopefully on the upswing both of us so well yeah. I mean <laughs> I, I had a look through your website like you you seem to have worked with like some fairly like wide classes big brands like I think I saw Ministry of Sound in there uh, yeah, I've done lots. I've done a few bits for Symbiote companies, not as much recently. What did uh, you do for Ministry of Sound? I did some illustrations for like uh, it was just like a it was like a post on their website about issues to avoid when you're in Ibiza. And I did like funny cartoons of like someone okay. being sunburned on the beach, getting attacked by a crab, kind of thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I like it. I say, like this is, this is the kind of thing where like when I found your book and I thought about kind of like reaching out to you, I was like, there's a lot in it which I related to of just like how you present humor and, and your kind of attitude to more like DIY creation, as it were. Do you ever feel like doing kind of like DIY stuff and and stuff which is related to pop culture that there's like a barrier to more fine art stuff where people look at it and they're like, hmm, not too sure about that. Um. Kind of, but I feel like they kind of go in and out of vogue. They go, DIY kind of comes in and out of fashion. Hmm. Um, so sometimes it can be like really cool to be like doing a DIY thing. And then sometimes it is kind of looked down upon. But I mean, I don't think I have, I don't think I have access to that art world. <laughs> like regardless, to be honest, like if I wasn't doing DIY stuff, I just wouldn't be able to do stuff really. Right, yeah. So it's almost like, I'm forced to go down that route. Uh, and also I just like having no no oversight really. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah, like working with other people is nice, but I quite like being the lead of a project 
Right. So when I have to, when I'm doing something for someone, uh, well, I want to do what I think is the best idea, but sometimes you have to filter that down and water it down. And maybe it's not as, you don't like it as much. Um, ben doesn't work well with others. This. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I won't go that far, but would prefer to play on his own sometimes kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I like doing collaborative project like the bootleg Bible. Mm-hmm. That was really fun because I was the lead of that. But then I also got to kind of like speak to all my favorite artists mm-hmm. and like get their input on like a craft I really enjoy. Like how do they each approach it differently? Um, and like I get to pick their brain kind of thing. It's fun. Yeah. I mean, like that, I think that's something which kind of comes up as well as like you, you mentioned there. It's like it's a craft which someone learns to do you know, experiments in and, and make something. Um, do you think there's kind of like a, a difference between that and what would be considered traditional fine art? Because there's yeah. always that conversation of whether it's art or not. Mm, I kind of don't really, be- I don't really believe in talent. I don't really believe in that art signifier as much. Um, or like traditional art. Uh, I kind of think all arts are a craft, like... Okay. Anything you see in a gallery, someone has spent a lot of time like thinking about how to make things and that's what they've ended up making after however many years, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's them learning the craft of art. It doesn't necessarily have to be like a trade, like it's not like uh, you have to have done one particular thing. But I think art, the thinking of making things is like the craft. Right. Um, yeah, you as an artist, your thought process of like, I've had an idea, I've researched these five different things. I smush it all together and I make a thing and I show you it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that is the craft. Whether it's a painting or a sculpture, like that process has happened pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and I think kind of putting it on a pedestal, you can be an incredible artist. Uh, but I think the sphere of art is so huge. You have room for like terrible art that you absolutely hate yeah. and amazing, incredible art that you can see they've dedicated the whole life to. It's still art. It's just maybe a different part of that scale, depending on your perspective. Yeah. Do you think that's something which we're kind of taught or do you think that's just something like an idea which comes naturally to you? The whole. Uh, I don't know. I think I've just spent enough time looking at art that's kind of how I feel about it yeah I mean you walk around a gallery and sometimes you're like some of this stuff sucks like it's just not well done it's not interesting I don't like looking at it Mm -hmm. the blurb is pretentious sometimes you'll like look at something else you're like well this is amazing I've got a big emotional reaction to it I love this and yeah that like I could hate a Rembrandt but love like an obvious plant where it's like a I don't know. There's what's it? There's the whistle that summons bald men, and it's just like a packaged whistle, and that's what the packaging says. Yeah, and I've got a, a, a emotional reaction to that more than yeah, like a. I, mean, I do really like Rembrandt, but that's just an example I plucked out of the air. Uh, and yeah, I think it is. A lot, there's art is a lot of tricks. Like you put something in a frame, it looks fancier. Yes, like that is a big trick of art. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think I think think maybe there's something which doesn't get talked about enough is just how much art is kind of just 
attempting to manipulate your own audience. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of like when you go to a concert, they've got the lights, they've got the big stage. If you go to a gallery and there's like a sculpture on a plinth, yeah, that looks more important than if you saw that just like on the floor somewhere. But yeah, do you know I mean, if you saw a, cr- a scrumpled up crisp packet on a plinth at a gallery, you might be like, hmm, what does this mean? But you walked like past it on the street and mm-hmm. then it's nothing. It's, it's interesting what I was to say, like, I mean, obviously you came from studying photography and whatnot. I, I remember studying photography and them telling them, it was like, there's a right way and there's a wrong way to frame an image. And, you know, like, oh, you know, you should avoid black borders and you should have this kind of frame. And always thinking to myself, just like, well, surely the image is what matters here. Yeah. Right? Like, it's weird that we're teaching that as the baseline. <laughs> Yeah, I think, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I'd say as well, there are kind of rules of thumb, though. Mm. Like, rule of thirds is like a handy... When you introduce someone to something, it's good to have, like, this is the best way to start doing this. And then once yeah. you're like, oh, okay, this works here, but if I shift it here, it might work better. Um, yeah, I don't agree. Yeah, when people are like, you have to do it this way, not that way. Yeah. I don't like that at all. No. As soon as someone tells me no, it's kind of like a red flag. Yeah. <laughs> I, so I, one of my favorite things to do is um, if I go to like a like a fine art gallery or you know like a sculpture park or somewhere like that, is I take as many friends with me who aren't at all invested in art, like just not really interested in it, just don't really know know anything about it, probably didn't study it or anything like that, just to see what they react to. Yeah. Because I think there's a value in just seeing how people just react as like research of just like, okay, this, this is what you relate to. And this, this, you know, this thing, which I really like, and I can see why, why it's important, blah, 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 blah. You hate it. So I'm like, cool. Yeah. I'm never doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also, that's only what that person thinks. It's also the yeah. key of that is like, if I showed my dad pretty much anything I'd made, he'd be like, I just don't understand this. Yeah. Whereas if I show like one of my friends, they'd be like, love that love what you did with this and like i can see you watch this film and it came from that or mm-hmm. uh yeah i have to, when i'm making stuff i have to kind of think like if i came across this somewhere what would my reaction be like would i be if i turned a corner if i went in a shop or something and i saw the bootleg bible and i hadn't made a kind of thing mm-hmm. i would be incredibly excited about that and that's kind of the logic i try and start with yeah um yeah, I think that's a good that's a good message, kind of. Fit. I think for like anyone who's creating, like I mean, say you've got lots of interests and lots of hobbies, which you just kind of pick up as you go along. I yeah. feel, I feel, I think there's always that risk with kind of hobbies of you'll start looking into a hobby and then think I could do this for a job. I mean, that is my job. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the box I put myself in. Um, yeah. But going back to that thing about taking people who aren't into art to art galleries, mm. whenever I've done, I've done a few exhibitions and I try and have that same logic, but um, with getting people to make art. So I did like an exhibition on on hip hop and it was like a bunch of different illustrators all drawing that. It was called Your Favourite Rapper. Mm-hmm. All these illustrators drawing their favourite rappers. Um, and then in the gallery, I set up a drawing table where it was like a hundred blank sheets of paper and it said like, your favorite rapper and then like a blank space and then like name blank space and age. So it's kind of like when you go to like a kid's restaurant and they can yeah. like draw something and put it on the wall. So any age, anyone come in, draw your favorite rapper, I'll put it on the wall. You've been in an exhibition now. Like mm-hmm. you're an artist. Um, just to try and like demystify that 
like you have to have like a even you have to be good at your craft like someone could do a drawing in 10 seconds that's that i like more than someone who spent like 20 hours yeah uh yeah do you do you find that changes the reaction you get to your work if like if you put it in a gallery versus just like maybe putting it online for sale like do you think it maybe kind of I legitimizes it i guess in a way it feels like it hmm. um yeah it is yeah it is it's kind of rubber stamps it a bit that it's legit even if you do it yourself it it feels like it heightens it a bit and also when you're seeing something on your phone or computer or whatever, you're seeing it like this big. Yeah. Whereas if you see it in like a room and it's A2 or something, it's going to have a much bigger impact. And you've got, when you're looking at your phone, you'll be getting texts at the same time. You might be getting, there's like 20 other images you can see in a minute. Yeah. Whereas if you're standing in front of something, it's obviously going to have a bigger impact. Um, yeah. Definitely. I do like the, the idea of kind of breaking the gallery rules. I'm, I'm, I'm one of my uh, so I make a zine um, which I give away for free <clears throat> and essentially collects anonymous artwork so anyone could submit to it oh. as like a, a way of encouraging people to create because it was one of those things of people just being afraid of what people's interpretations of their work will be that it's not good enough etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, so I make these zines and then every time I'm in London I leave them in very fancy galleries oh nice I abandon <laughs> them and I'm, I'm, my, my joke is like how do you get your work into the tape you just take it in yeah just abandon it <laughs> yeah i like that i think i think yeah i definitely think there's a, a huge importance to push against that barrier as much as possible yeah so i got a lot of that inspiration i don't know if you've heard of the photocopy club yeah so matt who runs that when i moved to brighton mm. we'd we were friends and he was basically moving to london from brighton and he gave right. me his old room in his house and he'd set up a gallery in the, the hallway of there, which was just a hallway in a house, basically. But the front door opened onto like a fairly busy street in Brighton. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he was doing shows just in that little tiny hall, like it was about this wide. Um, and that kind of like opened my mind of like, you can do anything kind of anywhere. And his whole thing with Photocopy Club is like you would, uh, photocopy your photo, send it to him. He literally just covers a whole wall of a gallery and all these, and you can donate five pounds and take anyone you want, any size. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, that kind of demystifies the art stuff because it's like the point of doing it photocopy was it's so cheap for everyone to do it. Like, no one's going to look better because they spent 200 pounds on the fanciest print and framing and stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like a cheap, easy way to do art on your terms, basically, which I think is very important it is I, yeah i agree i think if, if anyone creates or makes something they need to they need, you, you've got to do it on your terms otherwise yeah. you, you'll end up paying it like i'm sure there's things which you've done or things which i've done which we've gone halfway through and went you know what now yeah it's, it just doesn't work for me anymore <laughs> so i mean as a kind of like coming to the last 15 minutes I'm curious what your your advice for people getting started with this stuff is. Uh, I think my key thing would be if you want to start making art stuff was to like set yourself projects. Mm-hmm. Like try not to just do like one amazing piece. Try and do like a series or a zine or a book or uh, 
that all has like a common through line, which can be a ve- as vague as you want. Mm-hmm. But I think finishing a project, investing a certain amount of time in a series, is kind of how you learn how to be better at art for me anyway. Yeah, like making a collection, looking at it, and then being like, okay, so in this book, I said I did like a comic or something like these three pages are great. I love how I laid them out or something. But I need to improve on like my drawing of hands or like the guns I drew weren't good enough. Uh, but that's done now, set that to the side um, and then work on the next thing. But also I feel like finishing a project, it's much easier to like being, being, if you want to be a professional artist, you have to be able to sell stuff as well. And selling like a project is much easier than selling individual bits. Yeah. Um, and also prom- it's much easier to promote. Um, And then being able to like have an idea, plan a project, spend the time working out all the kinks, like something's going to go wrong, obviously. obviously. Figuring out how to budget, if you want a zine or something like, if I do 50 zines, they cost a pound to make, I want to make a few quid, so I sell them for five pounds, and then where, what shops might sell them. Uh, like, yeah, I think planning a project and thinking about each of those steps and you then just keep doing it for each thing. So yeah, doing projects would be my key thing, I think. And keep keep on pr- improving on each, I guess, each yeah. project you do. Do you think people right. get hung, hung up on the original idea? <clears throat> How do you mean? So like, you know, when someone thinks of an idea and then whatever the idea is and they think to themselves, oh, it's not good enough. Or, you know, it's, it's not serious enough. It's not funny enough. Uh, yeah, kind of. I think the key to beat that is to like, keep a list of ideas and then just pick the one you like the most. Mm-hmm. Cause then you're like, even if it's the best of a bad bunch, it's like you're doing something. And if you in- incorporate like learning a new skill or honing your craft, you know, at least like, I mean, a lot of art is like, this is what I could do best at this time. Yeah. I think that's a good like, point, some yeah. stuff you look like, I look back on some of my old stuff. With the toys, I'm like, oh, the packaging's a bit ropey. That sculpture's not great. But yeah. uh, if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't be where I am now. And I'm glad I finished it because if I kind of gave up halfway, it wouldn't be logged in my brain as those mistakes or those things I did right. Because mm-hmm. um, even if you do something badly, you can be like, well, I did do this thing good though. There's always some. There's always positives you can take from it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's, yeah, I think that's probably one of the best ways to word it. It's just like, this is the best I was doing at the time. Yeah. And and and, and I, I, I always feel like people should wear those mistakes more often than they do. Like, I, I know a lot of people, especially with social media, et cetera, hide their old work. And they'll, you know, they'll be like, oh, well, this was from five years ago. I can do much better than this now. And I always think to myself, well, with the amount of times I've been to an exhibition or a gallery to look at sketchbooks, by you know the masters as it were and like they would have hated this like <laughs> yeah you're seeing their doodles the stuff which they chose not to put in a frame and i'm like well yeah that's what our social media is now like, yeah. gonna... also that's the practice a lot of art is practice as well so yeah yeah working out those kinks is like i want to do a sculpture i want to do it of this person i should do some sketches what i think what pose would be best and then like oh this one looks the best yeah can i sculpt them in that am I good enough to like sculpt two hands like this or am I going to have to do it like this because that's easier and that's all I can do kind of thing. Yeah. Is there anything you avoid sculpture wise? 
I don't <clears> think <throat> I don't think actively. No. Uh, I haven't. I don't know if I've done many full body clay sculptures. Do a lot of busts, like shoulders. Yeah, I've done quite a few busts because it's because it's quicker kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, not actively. I try and push myself a bit. Like I made. I don't know if you've seen the meme of like, uh, like biblically accurate angels. Yes. Yes. So I made a throne, which is one of the ones with like interconnected circles with eyes all everywhere. And I got invited to do a piece for a Christmas show for like a Brighton gallery. Okay. And I was like, what's more Christmassy than angel? <laughs> so I made it's just a biblically accurate so I made one. Biblical <laughs> angels. But that was like, I literally had no idea when I started, I had no idea how to do it. Yeah. And it was a case of just, yeah, figuring out what works and what didn't, and just being like, I have to keep going. I have to have something to show. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of forcing myself to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a key thing as well. Like, if you start a project like that, even if, uh, even if you kind of make yourself as happy as you can be with the result in the time you're given, kind of thing. Like, right. Uh, even if you did research and then you're like, I hate this, I'll just make a tiny something. I'd like to do a tiny final sketch. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's, that's good advice. I think it, a very similar aspect of I always say is like, even if you don't have an idea for something, you should throw your name into the hat. Like if there's an exhibition or something or like a zine fair or something coming up, just apply for it. And then if you get it, you've got a deadline. And then you, yeah. you know you have to make something. So it doesn't matter what you're going to make. You're going to present something on that day. Yeah. And then it's also with that, like a zine fair, you know, you've got an audience. Sometimes yeah. the problem with art is like you make stuff and then no one sees it. And then you're like, oh, no one saw it and no one likes it. But mm-hmm. I mean, if you're on Instagram, say you have 200 followers and you share something, 25 people might actually see that. Yeah. And then that one, it's the wrong crowd. Um, whereas if you can take it in person, people see it. Even if they hate it, they have to look at it. <laughs> at I least you have an audience, kind of thing. That's a great, uh, great tagline. Like, even if you hate it, you got to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's right there. <laughs> but no, yeah, I completely understand what you mean. There is 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 getting your work out there is as much of a challenge as making the work at times. And you know, you know, getting it to the right audience at the right time as well. Like the amount of times someone's found something from years ago. <clears throat> and be like, oh, this is amazing. And I'm like, well, where were you five years ago? Yeah. <laughs> when I made it, thought this is terrible. <laughs> Just never did anything like it again. Yeah, like when you were saying about buying my book on Reddit, Reddit mm-hmm. is, I think it's really good for that because I'll make a lot of stuff that fits perfectly in like a small pigeonhole. So if I make, yeah. I made Mark from Peep Show, I can put that straight in the Mark, in the, sorry, in the Peep Show subreddit. And I know those people will instantly have a reaction to it. And there is, Part of art is kind of like knowing where to find the people that will like this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like you wouldn't try and sell your nude art at like a Christian book fair. Which, I mean, that's not the right crowd, but you sell that at like a, I don't know, as like a kink club or something. And they'd be like, oh, this is amazing. I love this. It's yeah. like, you've got to find the right place to show your stuff as well. Yeah, definitely. I think that's some solid, solid advice. You know, just <laughs> make what you want to make, complete it. Make sure you're completing what you want, yeah. want, want to do and then understand you've got to find the right audience. And yeah. If you do that, rinse and repeat. <laughs> yeah, basically. And then hopefully there's more people each time that just like how you think about things and they'll come to you as a person as well. Yeah, that slow burn. 
yeah. well is, is one of those things. I think a lot of people chase, you know, going from 100 followers to 10,000 in a year. And I'm just like, yeah. there's nothing wrong with just collecting two, two people every couple of months. Yeah. Because they're more invested than you know, yeah, exactly. the viral sensations, as it were. Because <laughs> I can see as well, if I post a certain thing and like, maybe it goes a bit viral, mm-hmm. and all the fans of that thing flopped me and then they see the thing I post next and they're like, mm, maybe yeah. not. So, yeah, it works both ways. Uh, and some, yeah, sometimes people will, I don't know where I was going with that. Never mind. <laughs> sometimes people will stick around. You never know. Yeah. That's, that's what I always say. That's what I say with the podcast. I, like, I, I get so many different people and so many variations of people because I, I generally just search out people I think would be interested to talk to, like say with making the work you want to make. I chat to the people I want to chat to. And, you know, that means sometimes I'll get people who aren't interested in any other guest. And I'm like, well, that's fine. You, you can go along. And other ones will be like, yeah, I'll be along for the ride. Like, yeah. Nice. <laughs> Come along. Get in the car. Go for a drive. <laughs> Let's see where this takes us. <laughs> but I think that's good to kind of round us out. Have you got anything upcoming? I guess is my question. Uh, I think you said this might not come out for a while. Yeah. So it's, this will be October by the time right now. People yeah, see this. <laughs> I mean, very optimistically, I might have another book out by now. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say it to kind of put, put the pressure on myself. So, so similar to the bootleg Bible, but I wanna, I'm working on a book about uh, like art inspired by The Simpsons. Okay. In kind of all different mediums. So I've kind of got a short list at the moment. I'll be contacting people soon. But yeah, I'm trying to, hopefully that'll be out by now. But yeah, I want to have like, there's like embroiderers, there's sculptors, there's painters, uh, comic artists, toy makers, kind of all doing their own mishmash of stuff from The Simpsons. So hopefully that'll be out in the book by now. Interesting. I may send you a link because there's oh, yeah. a, lot, a lot of Simpsons graffiti in Nottingham. Oh, cool. I actually went to uni in Nottingham. Oh, really? Yeah. You, you know, we're the whole Hockley area. That, yeah, that whole area's got a lot of Simpsons graffiti in it. Oh, cool! Yeah, send some over. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, in in that sense, buy buy Ben's book in December. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, Ben. It's been great to chat. Thanks for having me. Learn more about your work and whatnot. Um, I'll, I'll leave links everywhere for people to check you out. But if you got one specific you want them to go to, Instagram, wherever. Uh, yeah, Base Score is my Instagram. I guess that's probably the best one. Base Score. We'll check you out there. All right. In that case, thanks for coming along. Cheers. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.